Warning, the following message may be offensive to some audiences. These audiences may include but are not limited to professing Christians who never read their Bible, sissies, sodomites, men with man buns, those who approve of men with man buns, man bun enablers, white knights for men with man buns, homemakers who have finished Netflix but don't know how to meal plan, and people who refer to their pets as fur babies. Your discretion is advised. People are tired of hearing nothing but doom and despair on the radio. The message of Christianity is that salvation is found in Christ alone, and any who reject Christ therefore forfeit any hope of salvation, any hope of heaven. The issue is that humanity is in sin, and the wrath of Almighty God is hanging over our heads. They will hear his words, they will not act upon them, and when the floods of divine judgment, when the fires of wrath come, they will be consumed and they will perish. God wrapped himself in flesh, condescended, and became a man, died on the cross for sin, was resurrected on the third day, has ascended to the right hand of the Father, where he sits now to make intercession for us. Jesus is saying there is a group of people who will hear his words, they will act upon them, and when the floods of divine judgment come in that final day, their house will stand. All right. Hi, guys. Welcome to Berean Babs, where theology matters. So I'm going to have, I have a guest today. So back up. We're going to have a good discussion tonight. All right. And there you go. For some reason, I can hear myself. Can you guys hear me? We, we can hear you. Yeah, I can hear you. You can hear me? Mm -hmm. Okay. I don't know why I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm experiencing an echo. Okay. All right. Welcome. The show will carry on. So guys, introduce yourself. <laughs> yeah, I'm Tim Mullet. I'm one of the co-hosts of the Bible Bash podcast. And Harrison, you can say a few words about yourself. Yeah, I'm I'm Harrison Carrig. I'm the other co-host of the Bible Bash mm -hmm. podcast. And um, do, you, do you want us to talk a little bit about the show or ourselves? Yes, what do you, yes, what do you yes, want to yes. know? Yeah. And how did you settle the name Bible Bashed? I've always wanted <laughs> to know that. Uh, well, basically we, we were brainstorming a bunch of ideas and I, mm -hmm. I don't even at this point, I don't remember the, the short can, list we had, but, yeah, um, we had a few. but we ended on, we settled on Bible bash just because we knew we wanted to start a podcast that was, um, mm -hmm. was talking about, you know, all of the subjects that no one really ever wants to touch basically, or, or if they do, they, they do it in a very apologetic way. And so we just, we, we knew that's what we wanted to do with the podcast. And so when we were thinking of a name, you know, we thought, well, what do people normally call that kind of person who just, who just speaks oh, okay. truthfully and, you huh? know, Bible bat, you know, we, we landed on the, well, people always say, Hey, quit Bible bashing me or okay. whatever. And so we we're like, I, Oh yeah, we should just call it the Bible bash podcast. <laughs> okay. Okay. I see. Okay. So it's kind of like, you know, like he's a Bible thumper, you know, like how yeah, people say yeah. stuff like so. So, okay. That's good. Anything that has to do with the scripture, it's fair game. So it's fine. Hmm. Keep the name. Yeah, we don't have any plans to change. <laughs> yeah, I think we were trying, we wanted something to, that was a little more direct and a little more blunt. Um, uh -huh. So you know, we wanted something to be have a straight talk kind of feel to it. But there's so many podcasts out there that are um, named that or those kind of variants. And mm -hmm. so we, we basically um, 
we, you know that anytime anyone encourages a, another person to obey the Bible, essentially they're going to be called a Bible basher. Yeah. So we just thought yeah. we'd lean into that and go <laughs> go with it. You didn't want to go to the just be loving road. <laughs> no, no, we we think we have enough of that. You know, <laughs> our culture is um, full, you know burning around us. So I think it's time to be a little more direct and and sound a little more like Jesus or John the Baptist at that point. So <laughs> that's the plan. I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay. So like uh, today I want to talk about like, you know, I do see, I've been seeing this thing that has been going on for quite some time. So Patrick is pretty much under attack. Uh, men, anything that has to do with men, it's always being, it's, it's, it's becoming an issue. And I'm even seeing that, okay, there's some tendencies even in the churches, even like in good churches, always want to have men sort of like take a backseat. You know, right. I do think, uh, Men are supposed to lead because that's how God has designed them to lead. So, uh, and I'm glad that you guys are guys, you know, because like, <laughs> hey, man, you know, I'm covered over here. So anything that is wrong, this. <laughs> well, we're, we're since we're men, we we you know we specialize in this, and we yes, can, we can teach yes. you the Bible from a from a you know man's perspective. <laughs> yes, a man's perspective. So yes, so we have good guests in the house who are going to help us. So, uh, so what is patriarchy? Because that's the thing always being like, toxic masculinity is always that's uh, that's in the air right now. Nobody wants to hear the word patriarchy because it's just like, oh no, that's so mean. That is so odd. So help us understand in that area. Yeah, well, I can I can help with that. Um, there's there's basically um, several different positions as it relates mm -hmm. to this topic. So you mm -hmm. you have what you might describe as as patriarchy and then you have what's described as complementarianism and then you know what on the other end of the spectrum you have something called egalitarianism essentially so egalitarianism is a belief that essentially male and female are interchangeable parts there's no difference between male and female in terms of their ontology in terms of their makeup um, the differences are just purely superficial so that's mm -hmm. that's basically what egalitarianism is it's based on the assumption that we're just we're basically the same with superficial differences. You know, basically the only difference is that a woman can make a baby and that's, that's about it. But then, you know, with the transgender stuff, you know, it really gets confusing at that point, what the differences are. Um, but leaving that aside, you, you essentially, you have the idea of egalitarianism and then complementarianism is kind of like a midway point between, um, what you might describe as patriarchy and egalitarianism. Mm -hmm. Complementarianism is basically the idea that there are roles. There are real role differences, particularly in the church and the home. So um, men and women are made to be complements for each other. And then men are supposed to be leaders in the church and home. But then there really isn't much of a grounding for that, like in terms of the actual position there, meaning like there's no, like it's still, it's kind of like a halfway position in, in the way that it actually functions, meaning men and women aren't really that different. It's just God has just kind of arbitrarily decided that men should lead and it, particularly in the home and the church. But then beyond that, it's really up in the air. But then, you know, patriarchy is kind of like the, you know, the bugbear, the, um, you, know, you know, the scary man that you want to avoid. And that's <laughs> that basically is like, um, you know, the ire of feminists everywhere. Yes. <laughs> like everyone, they want to smash the patriarchy. They hate the patriarchy. And, and you know, our, our country was, you know, it used to be a lot more patriarchal than what it was now. But patriarchy is just that idea that there are male and female roles. But then if you mm -hmm. want to distinguish it from complementarianism at that point, 
uh, th those roles weren't arbitrary. God designed men and women to fulfill those roles. So God made men to be leaders and he equipped men to be leaders. And then he made women, women to be followers and to play a supporting role in that way. And those are tied to the way that God even made us. And, and so that that's kind of a short, you know, uh, distinction between those three positions. But then to, to, a, to a person on like you know, the person on the left, basically any yeah, complementarians, patriarchy, they can't tell the difference. It's just anyone who basically dares to suggest that men and women are different and they have different roles. Yeah. They're just, you know, a problem that needs to be stopped essentially. So okay. yeah, you're, you're living, you're living like 500 to a thousand years in the past and yeah. we're, we're past all that. Right. Yeah. Wrong side of history. Yeah. Here's some <laughs> primitive caveman who, you know, can't, um, you know, um, tell you know that we have electricity now and things like that and so oh, things know. have changed yeah, yeah yeah so um like you know i grew up in africa so the idea that's everybody just knows like in a men are just in charge it just comes with the territory it's not like a strange thing to have however um even when men are sort of like in charge they almost kind of like take kind of like a back seat Right. So, for example, it'll be okay. So, for them, I, I'll even use my, my my brothers as as an example. If we're not around, like you, you know, I've had two brothers. If we're not around, they're not gonna they're not gonna cook for themselves. They're not gonna do anything. <laughs> and then they're just they're so hungry. And then when we come back with my sister, says, "Oh, why didn't you make something for yourself to eat?" They said, like, "Oh, why should I make something for myself for my cook? I have three sisters." <laughs> and then, yeah and it's just like okay fine you have three sisters okay fine we know we belong in the kitchen we want to cook and then you know they'll eat and that, that will just be it so that has been that's just normal it's not going to be a strange thing like sort of like in an african home i know over time things have changed so whenever you hear that a, a man is in charge it's not it's, it's not, not a surprise uh, yes yes it's, it's it's not an issue like those are the things so then there's been a situation whereby um this is true because i know where i'm from right like women they'll go like you know to a witch doctor they'll go get a, a concussion over there to give it to their husband so that the husband can be pretty much it becomes docile so whatever the woman <laughs> says and then they you know like no i don't want you to be going out drinking with your guys and the guy doesn't he would just be home the curse him. <laughs> yes. We just did an episode on imprecatory prayers, so uh, something along those lines. But um. yeah, so like you know, those are the solutions that you know women will go to the length. You know what I mean? Just so right. to quote unquote to keep their men in check, so to speak. So I, when I see the stuff that's happening over here, I'm just like, wow, man. You know, it's kind of like different. So I know I wandered away. So now, what about, I've always had this question. So what is your guys' view whenever it comes to the public square? I get it that, okay, in the church, male headship. In the home, male headship. What about in a public square? Like, how do you, uh, how would you describe it? All right, so like, yeah, I gave you, I gave you two. So you have like the complementarian movement and then mm -hmm. you have the patriarchy movement. Like in terms of the actual movements themselves now, you know, to a feminist, everyone, they're all patriarchy, okay? Yeah, yeah. But then, like, this this question is basically the major difference between much, like, the, the broader complementarian movement and then the patriarchy movement in general. So those who, you know, take a patriarchal stance, 
they're basically going to take a stance to say that God has uniquely designed men to be leaders. And that mm -hmm. has implications further than just the church and the home. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, like God says to, um, in, in Isaiah that, um, you know, um, you know, alas, you know, women, um, women are your rulers and infants are your oppressors. Yes. And, and so like the idea of a lady ruler, biblically speaking, I mean, to the, to the, to the minds of old Testament saints, like this was something that was shameful. It was something that, that God's, it was shameful based on the fact that God designed men to lead and, and he uniquely equipped them to lead. And I think there's a lot of reasons why this could be the case. If you just kind of think about it, like think about the way that men and women are made and they're made fundamentally different, but that would be a patriarchal view. That would be a patriarchal view to say that men and women are different and God's designed them for different tasks. Mm -hmm. And then those tasks that he designed them for aren't arbitrary. Like meaning he, he like um, if they were arbitrary, he could have just, he could have made it the other way, but then he made yeah, men it, to be it, unique create, creatures to lead. And I think like just like, to explain why it's not arbitrary, I think you just have to think about the way that men are designed. And so like men are, God's designed men to be like, to have courage and to have strength and to face like difficult situations. And if you think about yeah. just like the idea of you have to send, you know, your soldiers into war and you're going to lose a thousand men in order to gain a few inches. That's the kind of thing that you need a man who can shut off all of his emotions and make that kind of decision based on like the outcome and men are just much uh you know much better designed by god to do that kind of thing whereas you know ladies are often going to prioritize the emotional impact of a decision yes, yes. to a much greater degree than a man who can just like turn it off and say we, we, just we gotta go gain. do it mm -hmm. we have to do it you mm -hmm. know so like then if you're asking the question like in the public square like did god design men like uniquely to lead, you know, those in the patriarchal camp are going to say, yes, he's designed them to lead. Like, and that's, that has implications further than the church and the home. And then those in the complementarian world is kind of a mixed bag, but for the most part, they're going to say, Hey, you know, it could go either way, basically. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. And, and I think, you know, especially in the complementarian camp, it's a, even the ones who do uh, in public teach on, you know, men need to be the leaders of their, their families. You, you hear that a lot, like on Father's Day sermons and whatnot. You, you hear all about how men need to step up as leaders in their family, which is good. You know, men need to be uh, encouraged to do that. But then it but then when it comes, you know, when it comes time to tell telling uh, their wives to follow that leadership, for example, a lot of times it's a lot of, hey, you know, I'm sorry, guys. You know, I didn't make up the rules. I'm just I'm just enforcing them. It's a very apologetic uh, kind of sort of pr presentation of, of male leadership. And I think I think that's a pretty distinct different. I grew up I grew up thinking that way, thinking mm -hmm. men need to lead. But then, hey, you know, ooh, sorry, uh, you know, it's kind of like a hypothetical like situation that should functionally never happen, though like in the minds of many, like in the complementarian world, like, you, I mean, Oh yeah. You, like, like, Hey, you know, you need to, you need to be such a good husband that it's, it's, you know, a wife's delight to always follow what, you. What woman wouldn't want to follow the kind of man who's leading, <laughs> loving her like Christ loves his shirt. Right. You know, exactly. Then, so then, like, the idea though, is that like, if you're, if you're leading her perfectly, she should never disagree with you. you know, she should always want to follow you effortlessly. So that there's never like a real submission moment yeah. there. 
where she has to do something she doesn't want to do. So it kind of like, sounds like you're just saying, do exactly what my wife wants me to do all the leadership, time. <laughs> leadership means figuring out what your wife wants to do in every scenario <laughs> and then deciding to do it, you know, do what she says. Like, so, but that's what a lot of complementarian kind of leadership actually looks like. Um, like, like you're like the hypothetical tiebreaker in the mm. rare case that you should ever disagree, which should functionally never happen because if you do, you probably haven't lived with her in an understanding way well enough yet and so like that's it's kind of it's just a real soft kind of it's not like initiative it's not like um you know having a plan for your home it's mm -hmm. just you just basically you're trying to figure out how to keep your wife happy you know <laughs> not not to mention you know when like if you actually think about leading like Jesus led, yeah, you know, that leads you to the obvious conclusion. Well, what happened to Jesus at the end of his life? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, everyone killed him for all the things he was saying. He loved so. us he like Christ. Saying. Even, the, church even the apostles abandoned him. him. Even the apostles <laughs> abandoned him because of yeah. everything that was happening to him. So when, so I think, you know, when, when we say, Hey, we need to lead like Christ, we probably need to have a little bit different picture. If our idea is the whole, Oh, our wife will go always well. want to. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that's where it always comes. That going, you know, you know, uh, Christ was saving. You know, he was the servant leader. So that's where it always comes from. I think in theory, everything just women can say that men need to lead. Men, they say that, but like now, when you when you have to put it into practice, because like you know, it's in our nature to to take over, because that's the the curse we got right from Eve. So. In a situation whereby if, if a guy is not doing anything, if the women are there, if the inclination of women is going to, mm. to take over. That's just going to come naturally because of sin. So like if a man is just going to be like, oh, okay, they're already doing it. Those are the things to me that I do see. Because like I think yeah. sometimes like guys are, I don't know, like I don't want to use the word like scared. They're passive. Or, they're, they're wimps. Yeah, like they're, maybe that's they're just absolute what he's like. Okay, well, yeah. you're taking you're taking two. Why are you taking your time? You know, like <laughs> <laughs> men are tempted in two different ways. So men are tempted towards like absolute passivity in the way that you're describing, and then on the other end, um, you know, they're tempted towards um, it, it, you know the Spanish have a word machismo for that, but basically just kind of like um, you know the swagger and the you know domineering kind of leadership. So mm -hmm. like men are tempted in. Men are tempted in both ways. They're either going to be like really passive, like tempted to be really Money. passive mm. or just really kind of domineering. And like, it's hard to find, well, to find that. It, and yeah, it. It, it definitely is. But yeah, most men are right now, most men are very passive. Uh, so you, you have like, um, like in the church and in the world in general, you have a lot of ladies who are like taking charge, but then like the inverse of that is you have a lot of men who are just like sitting on their butts, doing nothing, playing video games all day long and asking their wife's permission to go to a different room. You know, like, it's just like, it's really bad, like in both ways. And so it's not like, it's like, it's, um, you know, passive men and, you know, domineering women, they're just two sides oh. of the same problem. Okay. Yeah. So I see. So I guess that's exactly what's going to, if men are going to be passive, women are going to be domineering. So that's just going to feed into, you know, feminism, everything, whatever. Yeah. So that's a very good point that you bring up. Cause like the other um, instance that I had, you know, uh, been whatever experience was, okay. So it was like, okay, we're going to do some groups, right? And there's female and they were men. So, but like, you know, when the groups were formed, uh, 
then the next minute it was just like okay so i'm asking you know one of the friends was my friend like okay so what's going on in your group oh yeah no i have to prepare whatever you know I'm, i have to get ready for the group i say what what do you mean you have to get ready for the group I say yeah i have to prepare whatever so i'm like so you're gonna be in the group and you're gonna be teaching in the group and she, it was innocent on her part i knew there were some guys in there then i'm thinking i'm like oh my gosh this is so bad they're not even taking initiative that right. they should right. leave the group and lo and behold they were sitting in there and they, and the sister was leading the group and if she's not available she will let another sister sort of like lead the group so but you know they're young they're you know, the guys are in their 20s but to me let me know like okay so if they cannot even lead this group this is something that's so simple they don't right. know that they are already in their 20s <laughs> at what point is it going to you, you see what i'm saying at, at what point are it's, they going i mean to... it's yeah it's a passive men problem as much as it's a you know ladies taking charge problem yeah, so i mean i i i wouldn't be caught dead <laughs> <laughs> i wouldn't you know uh, i mean i remember you know in my early 20s um we uh, me and my younger brother we just got saved and we hadn't had all of our theology worked out but we were um, as much as we do now, but then, uh, you know, we went to the passion conference because that's what young people did at that time. Oh, yeah. And, passion. Uh -huh. Yeah. But then, you know, when Beth Moore got up to teach, we walked out, you know, we went to talk about it. So. <laughs> that was a better, that was definitely a better oh, investment of your time. Nice. <laughs> we were done. You know, we, I mean, we knew enough at that point to say, nah, this isn't happening. You this know? isn't happening. This isn't happening. So, but I mean, you need, you need people, you, you need, you need men who have a spine who said, Hey, you know, we're, we're, yeah, we're, we're not going we're not going to go with it. Well, and I, I think that's a bit of the issue too is, you know, we're living in a society that really tries to um completely minimize male leadership mm -hmm. in any in any sort of way and and almost kind of, you know, bastardize it, like make it this thing that you you don't want to ever happen almost and and you want to celebrate the the women leaders in the world and, and uh, you want to elevate their voices and all of the, the various mantras that, that our society uses now. And so, so men are, men are to blame when they're passive. It's like, they need to step up you know, and they're going to be held accountable for that. But at the same time, you know, it's hard to, it's hard in a certain sense to fault them all the time because mm -hmm. a lot of, a lot of people, a lot of men, especially the younger men have, basically their entire lives been raised up in a culture that has not, that has not pushed them towards leadership in any yeah. sort of real way, if that makes sense. So I think yeah. that's part of the issue too, is just a culture that totally does not wants to get away from male leadership in every way possible because of all of the shortcomings that men can have, you know, they're, they're domineering or, you know, they take advantage of their power hungry, wh whatever it is. Um, mm -hmm. You know, our culture wants to get away from that and put women uh, in in their place in every single position. And and so, I mean, obviously, you're going to end up with a whole generation of men that are passive at that point, if that's how you're teaching them and raising them. You actually. Yeah. I mean, mm. what you have is you have a, a whole you know culture right now that is training men to be women and tra training women to be men. Right. So the primary thing that you tell women to be is you you tell the women to be strong and powerful and courageous. Like that's what you want like women to be. You want yeah. them to be boss babes, you know. You boss yeah, yeah, boss lady. Yeah. <laughs> so you do. But then like what do you, you know how do you train men? Like and so there's a war that is being waged against young boys. Um like most of the time like 
like you have like ladies who really don't understand the way that little boys work. The little boys have like they're hyper, you know, they, they don't sit still, you know? And so you have like a generation of boys that are being drugged by women because women like don't understand that like boys like to fight and they like to play and they like to move mm -hmm. around. They have, I mean, and that's just a biological reality of having more muscles, right? Like you, you when you have more muscles, you want to use them. And so you have like a generation of boys that are being drugged and then they're being like, they're being told to get in touch with their like their feminine side and to be yeah. sensitive and you know like uh you know boys cry too and all that kind of stuff and you know and, and like they like the the boys now are being trained like they're being trained to be girls and then the girls are being trained to be boys and then yeah, big surprise when like like in order to be uh like uh, like when, when they grow up that's what they've been taught their whole life is basically they've been taught the reverse role that they're supposed to be having and then they get married and then you know they're both go, you know doing the opposite of what they should be doing in certain ways and so but you know certainly yeah i mean it's our culture and society and even the church is feeding into that for sure yeah yeah i don't know if this guy is playing a joke on you team <laughs> <laughs> hey Hey, I, I love women. I've I, I married one. And hey, yeah, he even married one, man. I, I, I married one of them, you know? <laughs> That's a good one. So, like, what? Yeah, Con Conley, Conley's a friend of, of our show. Yeah, I figured. Yeah. I figured. Yeah. I figured because he actually singled you out. <laughs> singled you guys. Welcome to the channel. So, what? So, how can men step up and take the lead despite this hostile nature right now? in our culture because i just don't think that um women given the opportunity they they're not gonna sit back say like okay men are gonna do it it's in us like we're just gonna you know there's a sin nature that comes with it right because you know you you don't want anybody to tell you what to do it's hard to submit you know it's hard to sure. to have that submission right like you you know submit as, as on to the lord so you need to have a change heart in order for you to submit otherwise that's not a natural inclination for a woman to want to submit i think i think it's not but then i think it's um you know one of the things my wife says like so anytime people ask my wife like why she married me yeah. <laughs> she'll tell them like the first thing she says is uh. like that yeah tim was the first person the first man in her life to ever tell her no that's what she says <laughs> you know so like the first guy that was yeah, willing to ever oh, stand no, up stand up that. to her ever you know like in her <laughs> life you know so like there's i mean i think there's like um there's um you, you don't have to change everything you know so i think part of this is like men like you, you can't change society and a lot of like men get hopeless because they think that they have some sort of responsibility to fix you know the massive societal problem but but women like Women are made to follow. Women are made to follow, and they they look mm -hmm. for guys with confidence. And like all like, you know, those guys like the you know the bad like women are attracted to the bad boy guys. Yeah, they that's are. True. Yeah, they are. They are attracted yeah. to them. And the, the reason why is because those guys have confidence. And so when when a lady is looking at like the bad boy guy who has confidence, who has a plan, who has a direction, and who has like courage and conviction, and then she's looking at like the sissy guy over in the corner who cries every time like he gets his feelings hurt like she's pulled towards the bad guy you know she's not pulled towards mr nice guy kind of guy she's not you know and so like men are being trained to be like just you know have the emotional self-control of a five-year-old girl that's what they're trained to do but women aren't attracted to that they're attracted to like the the bad boy guys and, and they'll take the bad boy guys like 
even though they know they're bad guys. Yeah, that's true. Just because they have leadership qualities that they're looking for. And so what that tells you, though, is that what that tells you is you don't have to change everything. Just just start by being like like being a leader, like having initiative, having a plan, being assertive, knowing what you're doing, knowing where you're going. And like, you know, like women are going to be drawn to that. And it doesn't have to be the distorted version of it. It needs to be the biblical version of it, but they will be drawn to that. And you don't have to um, you're not marrying like every woman in the world, you know, in terms of like being a leader in your home, you're looking for one for one woman. And there's a lot of women out there. You know, I, I have ladies who contact me all the time and they'll like, they just lament the fact that they can't get a man to ask them on a date, you know, in person and things like that. Just th th having the initiative to ask them on a date mm -hmm. in person, you know, without texting them or, and asking them if they want to hang out or something like that. Uh, or like, like, all I'm trying to say is just be a leader and there's a lot of ladies out there looking for a leader. If you just be a leader, like they'll, you'll find, there's a lot of ladies who just, they're desperate to find one and they'll take the bad guy, you know, because that's, that's a lot better than the guy on the other end. But On the, on the quiet uh, thing. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead, Harrison. Yeah. I, I think too, along with that is just changing the way that you talk about these kinds of things in general as, as an individual like I said earlier, there's a lot of people out there, especially, you know, Christian leaders who, even if they do, even if they do take the stand that men are supposed to be the ones that lead most of the time, at mm -hmm. least, you know, it comes with like a lot of apologies, a lot of, um, you know, timidness when it comes to discussing the topic. And I think we just need to get rid of all that, basically, like, just, just talk about it like any normal, any <laughs> normal subject. I mean, like, however you would talk about you know, prayer in the Bible or, you know, here's how we read the Bible or whatever it is. Just talking about, just talk about male leadership and, you know, female submission in that way. Like quit, quit treating words like submission, like they're bad words, mm -hmm. you know, like you just cussed in front of your grandma or something. <laughs> uh, it's just a normal word that has a normal meaning that is used in the Bible in a positive light. And so we should just, we should treat it the same way God treats it basically and and not be ashamed of that either and, and not feel like you have to incessantly apologize or you know make every sort of um you know make every sort of qualification for it before you make any statement about any sort of male leadership just just talk about it like a normal topic you know and and the best way to do that is by listening to our podcast because we will definitely we'll train we'll train you in that <laughs> yeah they'll train you yes guys anybody in here who haven't subscribed be sure to subscribe i put all the description in the links so like uh so so now do you think there's things that women can do to help men in this area or what are the do's and the don'ts that you know, women, we find ourselves doing that. We we might think it's helpful, but it's not. The do's and the don'ts. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's um, there's a sense in which I, you, we we did a series of podcasts on you know what do I do if my we, we I call it what do, what do I do if my worthless husband won't lead, and um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> there were um, we gave a lot of tips related to that kind of thing. But I mean, I, I think you know, like ladies, like they they do have to want to follow. And, you know, a lot of times when you have a real passive guy, what, what's actually happening in those kind of situations is you have a guy who basically has made it his mission to figure out like how to make you happy. And mm -hmm. so like, there's a lot of like, 
I think a lot of like young couples, particularly young Christian couples, the guy thinks like he's bought all the servant leader stuff. And he's, he's basically, um, he basically thinks that leading means trying to figure out how to make my wife happy. And then like what leadership in it is in his mind is just basically asking his wife, like, what do you want to do? So like, where do you want to eat, you know, today, mm-hmm. or what do you want to watch today? Or where do you want to go today? And that, like, that's nice. That's selfless. That's sacrificial. That's great. But then what's functionally happening in that framework is a a wife is basically being asked to make every decision and it can be real stressful to be the one to have to decide everything and and there's something that feels really imbalanced about that and that can kind of um like there's there's a sense in which ladies they want that but then if they get that then the guy kind of becomes emasculated in their eyes like they conquered him right like so you've i conquered you like you're a real nice guy you're sweet but you're not like, I don't feel safe with you leading because you're not leading. You're just asking me to lead at that point. And I think like um, what ladies like practically what ladies can do mm. is they can just refuse to play that game. You say, hey, you're the leader. You tell us what we're doing. Right. Oh, just let the whole thing go burn yeah. if it has to burn. Yeah. You, you, I mean, I'm just saying like if he's coming up to you and asking you, what what do we do? What do we, you say? Hey, you're the leader. You tell me. And then like practically, you know, what she could do is to go up to your husband on a regular basis and say, Hey, what do you think we should do about this? Mm-hmm. You know, what do we think we should do about this? And, and if he, and you know, a guy who's been trained to kind of be a follower, he's going to say, I don't know. What do you think? And and at that point you stand your ground. You say, I'm asking you, you're the leader, you know, mm. like you're the leader. What do we do here? You know? And so like, you don't have to resent that. You can just realize that there's something um, imbalanced that's happening in your home and go out of your way to say, I'm not going to feed into this. Um, mm. And then, I mean, I think just like there, there's a lot of um, so that's the kind of girl that's the kind of girl who wants to who says, hey, like my husband isn't leading like he should and and I'm contributing to it. But then like there's a lot of ladies out there who just they don't even they're not even processing this as a goal, essentially. Like, it's just all about them and their relationship. And like the, those those kind of ladies like, um, you know, they're basically going to say like, um they're going to be the kind of ladies who are micromanaging where their husband parks and things like that. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like that's, that's I guess like, Hey, you know, like, and then, you know, if he doesn't park where she wants him to park, then it's going to be like, you don't love me and you're not living with me in an understanding <laughs> way. And don't you care about me? And it's just like, you got to relax. Just let the man move, you know, let him make a park, like, let him figure out. They're probably the ones driving at that point too, but like, <laughs> <laughs> they put them in the passenger seat. But, but I mean, like, you know, you do, you do have to ask. I, I mean, I think the ladies do have to ask, like, like, is this like, 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 do I really need to, like, if I'm a follower, like my primary posture should be to follow where my husband's going, not just challenging every step of the way, like picking at every decision he makes, making it hard, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's good. Okay, so I had seen this tweet. Um, I'm going to read it. Can you guys see it? Yes. Yeah. So this is, uh, I, I'm not sure, I don't know who this guy is, Colin Smothers, was communicating with Christine Dumas. Okay, I'm sure you guys are familiar He's with that. He's a, Colin, yeah, I went to seminary with him uh, oh, at did? Southern. Um, he, we oh. went at the same time, and we also went to the same church. But I oh. think he's still over at Southern at this point. Okay. So this was, it said over here, great article, Dr. Mu. Now please get off that list of 53 male on a TGC board <laughs> and council members or insist that women are included. 
how are you still supporting that a coalition of the gospel be led by just men? So this is Christine Dumas. So you guys are very much familiar that <laughs> the she Jesus and John not, Wayne. Yes, the Jesus and John Wayne. Yeah. What what did that so, say right underneath it? Excluding women from from it, the ministry. It, it says um yeah. it's excluding women from it sounds rather anti-gospel. Oh yeah, excluding <laughs> women. Oh yeah, it is. <laughs> it's anti-gospel. I didn't Man, even ever everything. Know that. It's crazy. It's crazy. You know, this is this is just a, a crazy coincidence, but it's so wild to me how every, you know, talking point from the left in general, um, it, it ends up being anti-gospel when you're against it, no matter mm -hmm. what it is. It's anti-gospel. It's crazy how that works out. But that, I, I just I thought I saw that. So I wanted to make sure that I read it right. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, that says that they had to go. I didn't even go that further because it's just like, OK. But, you know, so this, um, I bring that up because she professes to be a Christian, okay? Right. And obviously that's a charge to uh, Dr. Moore. And then, no idea, I don't think that he responded, no, that he would respond. But I have seen him being in this situation where uh, women are appealing to him, uh, even like when Beth Moore left the, right. the SBC, Russell Moore came saying, like, you know, there's no there's no SBC if SBC doesn't have uh, uh, yeah. Beth Moore. You know what a I mean? A convention and that then, doesn't have a have a place for Beth Moore is yes. a convention that doesn't have a place for a lot of us, you know. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you know, so like to me, I'm like, okay, so these are guys who are theologians of our day, right? They are over yeah. there at the top. So why are they uh why are they doing that? You know, like, you know, I, I don't want him to be hating women. I want him to support women. But you cannot be entertaining somebody like Beth Moore, who we clearly know. Uh, by the way, I used to be a fan of Beth Moore. Okay. So just for the <laughs> That's record. That's okay. We, we all have our deep, dark sins that we had to repent of when we came to Christ. <laughs> Oh, Harrison, deep taxes. Oh, Kiana, come with Harrison out of here, man. So now, so when I see things like those, he will have no leg to stand on to, you know, to call out women who are not in, in their proper domain. I mean, like Beth Moon, now she outright she preaches to to men. She no longer hides about that. Yeah, it's um so it's an interesting move that they've made, and part of this is related to the complementarian patriarchy discussion. But you know, the strategy was never like at the very beginning just to go straight to female pastor. Like that wasn't the that wasn't really the strategy that any of them are operating under. It's it's always like um, you know, there's moves to get there. And the first move to get there was basically just to take like complementarianism and basically just make it um as empty a you know a a um concept as you can possibly get, right? Mm. So basically you have like um like the idea is just okay, just in the church, like just in church leadership, men are supposed to to lead and then in the home but then beyond that like it doesn't matter and so the strategy is always to go go for the parachurch organizations first okay and the conferences first and so you know you had beth moore preaching at passion conference for years and years and years and so then the argument is basically well it's not the church right so it's not but the church so the it yeah so it's a parachurch right so you make the parachurch organization and then what you do like the parachurch organization doesn't isn't Account, like you made it up right it's not like a biblical thing yeah. and then then what you do is you violate all the rules that happen in the church and the home 
in the parachurch organization. And then the next step is you're going to go full women preacher. Like that's the next step. And so, so like you do that with the, the conferences and then you do that with the board of the gospel coalition. It's like, well, it's not a church. So women can oh, be yes. leading. Women can also save. Yeah. 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 Women can lead in the parachurch organization because there aren't biblical qualifications for the parachurch organization. So what you do is you create the parachurch organization. Then you like use that as a workaround to violate the principles. Right that were at play there. And then it's just like, then you put the pressure on that. And then, but then the problem is you have guys like Russell Moore who, who are trying to, he's trying to play both sides of the fence, but they're not mm -hmm. having it. Right. So he's trying to do everything he can to show himself to be, you know, kind and soft and gentle and patient and, you know, loving and affirming to women. But then like, he, he's never going to meet all their demands. Right. Because the demand is to get them into the, like, to have full women pastors and until he does that like they're they're gonna be you know you're just playing a losing game you might as well stand on the scriptures there at that point yeah, yeah. Tim, tim and i are in alabama and in alabama there's this you know have you ever heard of the saying you know boiling a frog have you ever oh yeah then he jumps out yeah no, no like the you, water is boiling but they, do you, he doesn't know the water is getting hot right hot. Yeah. How, how, yeah when you boil when you boil a frog you don't you don't throw it in the boiling water you <laughs> put it in normal you know room temperature water and slowly turn the heat up and that's essentially what what's happened in the church what and it's what tim is describing and you know it starts out with the parachurch organizations but then it ends with the sbc at their annual meeting at you know saying we need to form a a committee to yes. to define what a pastor is yes. you know and and which is a, a, frankly an absolutely embarrassing i mean if if you have to form a committee to to figure out what the definition of a pastor is then you, it, that's one of those like if you have to ask you don't you probably don't deserve to fill the role <laughs> yeah I think harris and i we harris and i were at that convention in birmingham i think it was the one at birmingham um where Russell Moore was basically saying a convention that doesn't have a place for Beth Moore doesn't have a place for a lot of us. We were there oh, okay. at that time at the, <laughs> at the convention, but we've since, you know, not disassociated ourselves from the SBC, but <laughs> it's a, it's a mess for sure. Yes, yes, yes. But I love the SBC. It's a nice drama. I enjoy it. <laughs> you like watching the, the, the circus. Yes, because it's so unbelievable. You know what you I'm like saying? You like it because it provides good content for you. Yeah, it sure does. <laughs> we know sure what's going does. on. <laughs> you cannot make their stuff up, honestly. Be honest with you guys. Like, the stuff that whatever. Like, before, you know, I, I kept, I used to tell my husband this, whatever happened. My husband's just like, no, baby, I don't think, I don't think that's how it is you must i said babe that's exactly what happened like then i'm showing him his video and then he's just shaking his head i'm like does everybody know this i'm like yeah that's the thing I, in fact that's how i ended up starting my channel when um ed Layton prejudiced himself i was telling my mm. husband i said babe i need to do a video about this thing because like this is so <laughs> you cannot make these things up that people don't like their own sermon so it was <laughs> It was crazy. So I appreciate the SBC. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, SBC. <laughs> oh, yeah, uh. I know. I know, I know, I know. All right, moving on. Oh, like I'm carried away over here. So uh, the other question that I did have. So how is this? Uh, no, let me miss. So what are the, no, we already talked about the, the practical things that you guys have talked about. Okay. So what about this issue that's going on these days? Um, I'm sure you've heard about it. Now there's a lot of sex abuse scandals. 
the things that have come up, obviously, you know, there's some stuff that came up like with the SBC. They, they, you know, there's women out there who are getting abused. I don't deny that. But there has been instances where if a woman claims that they've been abused, there's you can never ask another question. Because if you ask a follow-up question, which means you don't believe, which means, you know, this idea, believe all women. You ask right. the question, you don't believe women, right? So I'm saying that because men are not asking whatever, any questions, a woman is not going to ask that question because like everybody's going to look at you like, oh, what, why are you questioning another woman? So it's right. almost, it's, it's like, you know, if a woman raises up their hand, like, oh, women, you're supposed to team up. And right. the last thing a guy is going to do is to ask any question in there. So either men are going to be silent or they're just going to believe the story and there's right. been incidences that have happened and later on they investigated the thing there was there was nothing there but all along men supported it and i haven't heard any man denouncing some of these things like oh you know what we we were believing that woman before but no this is not what happened it just carries on to a next subject as if nothing happened right right well, yeah, the current rules of the game are that you're not really allowed to ask any questions. And so once a person identifies as a victim in any way, and there's a lot of victim category. I mean, we live in a victim society right now. And the same, yeah. the same kind of dynamic is at work and a lot of the psychological discussion that's at work and the intersectional kind of discussion. And it's at work in the, um, you know, sex abuse kind of discussion. But basically the rules are you have to believe the victim and then you have to, you can't shame the victim. And then you have to, like basically do whatever they say and just uh, accept whatever, you know, whatever course of action they want at that point. But then the problem is that you don't like, you know, in this kind of discussion, you really don't know who the victim actually is. And that's just the unpopular question that you're not allowed to ask. So, I mean, yeah. Pot Potiphar's wife is a real thing and like that, that actually happened. And so then, you know, if like one of the things that people, um, like they don't have any taste for this because there's this demand that like th that you have to fix like this problem absolutely right now and you mm -hmm. don't have a category for god sorting it out one day but the problem is that like if the rules of the game are that women don't lie about rape if that's the rules women don't lie about rape don't ignore potiphar's wife for a second <laughs> like women don't lie about it like and then you have to believe them or else you're re-victimizing them like you're yes. re-victimizing like if that's the rules, then I mean, basically, like every pastor in America is toast because all it takes is just for someone to get mad at them and make an accusation. And like you have a structure that you've set up that basically means that they're guilty. Like it's, it's a witch hunt. This is how a witch hunt works. Mm -hmm. And so like if you set up like witch hunt rules, then you're going to get witch hunts. And, and so basically like the rules of the game are right now that if you make an accusation, an accusation constitutes as absolute proof of guilt. Yes. And, you know, biblically speaking, like that's just not the way it works. Like you, you don't accept the accusation against an elder on the basis of one witness. Like you have, you have to have two or three witnesses that corro uh, corroborate a, an accusation at that point. You mm -hmm. have to have a fair trial. You know, our country is based on the presumption of innocence. Like you can't just overturn the entirety of the legal system just because you're trying to fix a problem. Like that's, that's like, that's, that's not the way it works. And so in this way, like, yes, I, I think there's, um, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of problems in this area that need to be addressed, but you don't address them by creating a new problem. Right. And so you, you don't address like problems of sex abuse by creating a situation where, you know, one accusation constitutes like definitive proof 
And I mean, if that's what you do, I mean, it's like Satan has got, you know, gave us a great mechanism basically to destroy every church in America at that point. Mm -hmm. So like if, if those are the rules, you just make an accusation, everyone believes you and supports you. And, you know, guy steps down from ministry at that point, you just like, I mean, that's what they do to politicians every time, uh, you know, yeah. that's what they do to every Supreme conservative Supreme court justice, you know, like you throw mm -hmm. out the accusation, but if those are the rules, like you have a tool that you can use to do whatever you want with. And like, that's, that's just not the way it works. And so, yes, I mean, I think you should believe the victim, but then you need a fair trial to figure out who that victim is. Mm. Right. So you need to figure out like, is the victim like the one making the accusation or is the victim the one being accused, you know, because it could very well be that you're talking about Joseph right there too. Um, so, you know, part of that's part of the discussion. And then the other part of the discussion is, is like the nature of like, how does rape work? You know, so but like we use terms like abuse, but we should be using terms like rape because rape is yeah. like a better term. And so you have like situations, particularly in the SBC where you, know, you have like a 26 year old woman. Um, I can't remember what the the, um, yeah, Jennifer. Couple, Jennifer. Yeah, Jennifer I mean, you, you have a twenty-six-year-old woman who's cl like claiming to be raped. Yeah, but I, for this twelve is not years. A child. Yeah, for twelve years, this is not a child, you know. And so, you know, you have biblical responsibilities to cry out at that point, and like, so whatever that was, that wasn't like, like whatever those categories are, you know, uh, power and everything else. That that's not a biblical view of how these things work. You're you're an adult. You're responsible before God. And so essentially what you have is you have, um, you know, across the board uh, as it relates to this discussion, just a wholesale like refusal to listen to what the Bible says on this topic, you know, related to just defining your terms. And then like, how do you figure out what's right? You know? Yeah. And, and I think what I've noticed, especially going back to the SBC, what I've noticed is whenever you have these kinds of conversations, you know, it's, it's not that one side is like, pro rape and the other one is not you know like mm -hmm. one side's against it one side's for it that's not what's happening here what's actually happening is you have two sides who are both saying okay we you know we all acknowledge that this is a sin when it does happen mm -hmm. and you know we need to do we need to do uh, our due diligence in protecting uh everyone involved right but yeah. then what but then you know when you have someone come along and and you the SBC has put in certain parameters that they think are going to be, you know, wise and beneficial. I, I doubt it seriously, but that's what they've decided. And then if you were to come along and critique that, there's really no conversation to be had because you're immediately put into a category of, you know, pro-sexual abuse. Yes. You, you want women to be harmed. You just want to protect all of the men, no matter yes. what they do. And it's like, yeah. and you know, I, I, I just don't know how you can have any sort of kind of productive conversation about, you know, let's, let, you know, let's let the Bible tell us how to handle these kinds of situations when you immediately put anyone who disagrees with you into that camp. I just don't know how you can even have a conversation at that point. Well, you can't. I mean, the, the, it's designed to be a witch hunt, you know? Right. <laughs> like yeah. the whole thing. It's waking. Because you yeah. have men leading the charge in this, whatever, right. this abuse tax force, right? So it's men who are helping validating these things that women are, are, are saying. Like, that was a very good example that you gave about the Potiphar. So, you know, some men could actually be innocent. But once a woman says it, I think it's that's done. just about it's it. Done. It's sort of like done, yeah. So, like, yeah, it's... 
Yeah. You, you're basically, I mean, the problem is then you, though, like if you say, Hey, that's a possibility that you should budget for then hey. instantaneous, like, like meaning like, I don't, okay. I hear an accusation. I don't know the truth at the very beginning. Yes. Like, so you have to, like, if you're, if you're going to be impartial, what you have to do is you have to say it could be true or it could be false. Mm. Like, because like, this could be Joseph, right. Or this could be someone like, or, or, or not, you know? So like, I don't, I don't know what situation I'm in. And in order to execute justice, you have to be blind. You have to, yes. you have to consider that it, the evidence could, you know, the first to plead their case seems right until another one comes along to examine them. Evidence can go either way. But then if you like, there's a demand instantaneously, you must believe the accuser or else mm. you're victimizing them. And then in that kind of framework, there's no way to pursue justice because you then are, you are guilty of a, mm. you know, of a monstrous attack on not just this woman, but every other woman out there who's been abused just by virtue of trying to follow a procedure, <laughs> right? <laughs> that, that can lead to the, the most godly outcome and righteous outcome. And so like, this is, this is not the way things work. I mean, this is how you work up a mob, you know, and that's why I use the witch hunt example, because yeah. I mean, like, like, that's what you do. Like in a witch hunt, you basically just say, you know, burn the witch right and um, <laughs> this like, throw them, like, bind them you know tie them up throw them in the i mean and this is essentially what people are doing in these kind of scenarios is like you tie them up you throw them in the river if they float right oh yeah and they're a witch <laughs> if they stink well oops you know and so like so but that's that's essentially what's happening is like you just you like you make the accusation and then you know if they protest and say hey i didn't do it or whatever then like they're engaging in denial, but there's no way. It's just like, basically what you're doing is you're throwing them in the river tied up. And like, if you, if you sink, that's the, the only way out yeah. for this is for you to sink and die. And that's, you know, yeah. and then, then we, so like the only way out is for you to resign your job and accept what's being said. And, and you then know, and then yeah. it, there's no, there's no, like, there's no, like, this is not justice, you know? So like you can, you can say, Hey, we, we got to fix this problem. And we, we need to take steps to fix this problem without setting up a system that's going to just do more harm than good. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So like, do you think that there is a need now for churches to be just to be proactive about these things? Cause this stuff is not going to end here. This, this stuff is coming. Cause like, you know, people are going, you know, 10, 20 years ago, the stuff that happened, stuff is resurfacing and these things are happening in the church. We already know stuff that happens in the public square. Like what happened to the, uh, to the chief justice, right? It's right. just like, I, I could not even believe that. I'm like, okay, what happened when he was a lawyer? Nobody came up when he was a judge. Nobody came up. Now he's going to the Supreme Court. You're going to go things that happened to high school. Like, so those are the things that are happening and our society is accepting. And they now enter the things that are going on in the church as well. So like, is there a need for, you know, like churches just to be proactive, like women, you know, we want you to be protected, but just because you say X, Y, V, that doesn't mean we, we're just going to, you know, we're going to apply biblical principles. It doesn't matter if it's a man or a woman. I think, yeah, you need to take your, you know, you need to take your marching orders from the scripture and the scripture has processes that are outlined for this kind of thing. And, you know, I think part of what's happening is that there's um, the more secular our society gets, there's there's not this sense anymore that God will sort it out one day. So there's oh, yeah, a justice like, now. Yeah. Yeah. You, you need to have justice now and it needs to be absolute justice right now and perfect justice now. And, you know, 
like the, the, our whole legal system in America is based on the presumption of innocence, meaning mm -hmm. like it would be better for like, you know, our, our system is set up that it'd be better for a hundred guilty men to go free than for one innocent man to be punished wrongly. But what's happened is we've shifted to the other extreme right now. And we'd rather like 10, like a hundred innocent people be punished than one guilty person go free. And so in that kind of environment, there's a demand for sweeping changes to the processes and the procedures in order to show yourself to be sensitive. But then you have to take a step back and you have to say, Hey, which worldview do you, you want? Do you, you get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And like the other worldview was based on the idea that no one's ever going to get away from it. They're not, like, they're not going to ever, no one's ever going to truly get away, get away with it. God is just, he sees all and mm -hmm. he's going to fix it and we're going to leave it to him. And so we leave vengeance to God and what you have in this like current situation is a demand for like absolute justice, do whatever it takes to get justice here and now. But this is a problem. This is old as, you know, as old as sin. Like it's not going to go away. Like this is always going to be a problem to one degree or another. And if you, if you're going to try to like, if you're going to try to root it out completely and totally, the only thing you're going to do is basically set up a system that's going to basically throw a hundred, um, hundred innocent men into jail, you know, in order to, make sure that you don't um, let one guilty person go free. And so mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I think there's a, there's biblical prescriptions on these things and we need to follow those and we need to trust in those. And we need to like take a step back and like examine like what our goal is here. Right. You know, is our goal, our goal to be faithful or is our goal just to, you know, realize the millennial kingdom here now or whatever, <laughs> like depending on your eschatology. But yeah. I mean, like what are you trying to do? Like, are you trying to have heaven on earth right now? Or are you trying to like, just let God be God and let him deal with it. And, you know, so it, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't think you're ever going to be able to set up any system where, you know, no one is tempted to sin ever and falls into sin, you know? So I think you have to be more realistic in that way. Yeah. And I think a lot of, a lot of churches really have um, abandoned the marching orders that the Bible has given us for these kinds of things. Right. And so, uh, be, because now, you know, part of this comes from, it is difficult. Uh, you know, it's obviously like a, um, a very undesired, it's a tragic situation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You have to find yourself in, you know, um, as a, as a victim of that, or as, you know, a, a family member of the victim or a church leader of the victim or whatever. But then, but then even though it's tragic, you still have to do your do the best you can to get the evidence that you need in order to prove these kinds of things. So like in the Old Testament, women, um, you know, they had a responsibility to cry out. Right. Tim, Tim, yeah. you had mentioned you had you had mentioned that or alluded it to it earlier. But then women did have a responsibility to cry out when something like that happened. Mm -hmm. Uh, and the purpose of that was so that the man would be caught by other, you know, by other people who were around. Uh, and so we have, you know, we have modern versions of that. I mean, you can go and get tests run um, yeah. and whatnot that are, that are, you know, pretty, I, you know, I, I'm not like a scientist, so I don't know how accurate they are all the time, but that's obviously better than, than waiting 20 years Right. And, and then all you have is basically he, he said, she said, and, yeah. and, you know, basically at that point, you're just asking a, you're just asking a church who might be trying to enforce church discipline or, or the legal system to essentially lower their standards 
below what is normal for any other kind of sin or any any other sort of uh, law that's broken. And so I, I think I think we really do need to take seriously what the Bible says. We need to encourage women to, you know, like not just not just throw out the accusation, but then do their best to actually get the evidence necessary to prove it. Because obviously you want to, if someone, if if someone does something like that, if they commit that kind of sin towards a woman, then they need to be caught. Yes. Um, uh, And they will, they will be one day. They will for sure be one day and they won't be able to escape God's judgment. But then we need to do the best we can here now to provide that evidence so that they can be caught now, you know, to bring justice for the victim, but then also to prevent the same thing from happening in the future. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. I do also think because right now, like you guys shared, we live in a victim culture. So victim culture, believe all women, they are no, I haven't seen any consequences for women who have, you know, make their accusations and then things have turned out to be false. Things just so lie down. Said, yeah. The Bible said, I mean, justice is that um, whatever you thought, would be done whatever you were seeking to do to the person would be done to you. And that's where like, you know, if you thought that whatever you're trying to have happen to this person that you're making an accusation against Mm -hmm. would, would have to happen to you. That's the definition of biblical justice. And if you thought that that would caution you as like in, you know, making flippant accusations. But right now what you're, what you're describing is a situation where there's no repercussions for making a false accusation at all. And in that kind of scenario, like there's no repercussions for making a false accusation. And then you're, it's demanded that everyone believe you. I mean, you just have a tool to destroy any ministry you want to destroy at this point, just get, you know, um, and I mean, you know, we've made plenty of people mad at us, like in the course of just saying some of the stuff we've said, <laughs> you know, like if that, if that's all it takes, it's just for someone to just like, like we've made, like we've made some ladies on Twitter so mad at us that like they literally can barely see straight anymore. And like, uh, and they're, so, I mean, so mad at us. I mean, they would be one of these ladies who, would, if, if they, if they knew that they could just sign up to, you know, destroy our lives by just yes. making accusations, oh, they would, up, they would, they would, there would be a line, you know, uh, yeah. there would be a long line. Yeah, you know, and and I read, I'll every now and then I'll see a news article where some, you know, some guy has been released from prison after it's, you know, it's come to light that the accusations leveraged against him were not true. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they were disproven. And I've seen, uh, I've thought this, I've seen a lot of people commenting on those kinds of articles saying things like, I can't, you know, I can't believe uh, a woman would ever do that. And that, you know, that lady or those women, they need to have the same thing happen to them that happened to this guy. They need to go to jail for 20 years or whatever it is. And I always think to myself, honestly, you were probably the same people who were saying we need to believe those women, yes. you know, 20 yes. years ago when they were lever- first leveraging the accusations. You're the same people that were probably saying with no evidence, you know, just a just a claim and that's it. You were probably saying we just need we need to believe those women and you would have yes. thrown them in jail too. <laughs> the, the Amber Heard and the Johnny Depp stuff, you know? Yeah. I yeah. know. It's like <laughs> yeah. the same group, you know, it's just like yeah. flip-flop, you know? Flip like, them, just, yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah, man, I binged. I watched that trial. I'm like, I'm sitting there. I'm like, this woman is lying. And and then she, quote unquote, had evidence, right? She had pictures with her face bruised, the whole nine years. 
I'm like, mm. man, it's just, uh, even like when they found uh, Johnny Depp not guilty, they're still accusing Johnny Depp. They're still like, okay, <laughs> she, uh, just like, just forget about it, you know? So, yeah. Mm. Hollywood women, no, that's, uh, yeah, just like, no. They came out. Like, you've received your award. You've all, you've been successful. You know these are the things you have to do to make it at the top. Now you want to say what? It's just like, uh, no, man, it's a, it's, a, it's a lie. I just saw even an article, was it yesterday or the other day, Angelina Jolie is talking to a magazine, says like uh, Brad Pitt used to abuse her. I'm just like, ah, oh, my gosh. Everyone used to abuse everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's abused everyone at this point. Yeah, just like, yeah, Hollywood, <laughs> yeah. No, not good at all. Not good at all. So like, you know, so what are the resources that you guys, you can recommend for men, for women uh, to help us in this area? If you guys have any. Which, which area, like, uh, which are we talking about the whole conversation? In terms of, in terms of yes. Like, you know, uh, the, um, the male headship, cause you know, men need to be doing what men are supposed to be doing. Women are supposed to be doing what they're supposed to be doing. So are there, some resources that can help us like a book or any recommendation i like a lot of <laughs> i like a lot of the doug wilson stuff so oh i like a lot of his stuff you know i'll be honest with you i, I recommend a lot of his uh him uh -huh. and his daughter's stuff i can turn yes it. yeah yeah oh yeah that 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 film they did um mm. even exile yeah yeah yes. even exile reforming marriage like there's a lot of a lot of good stuff and um they're they're writing a lot of good stuff on this topic but um that doesn't make make everyone a lot of friends but oh, yeah, <laughs> they have no, a lot of good stuff yeah uh, no no I, no, I think... no i like that i know he's a very controversial figure just like hey <laughs> 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 yeah there's some good um i like you know i like Stuart scott's book uh, exemplary husband martha peace excellent wife those are pretty, those it's are pretty martha, good she's too. she's good martha she's yeah. nice yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, and Lisa that, said she didn't like Eve in Exile. I wonder why you didn't like Eve in Exile. Like she portrayed herself like she got it together. <laughs> <laughs> They're not for everyone. <laughs> um, I, I was going to say, too, in terms of re whenever you're looking for stuff, if you if you find yourself listening to someone who sounds like they're apologizing a lot when it comes mm -hmm. to the subject, they're probably not the person that you want to listen to. Uh, because number one, they're not even, they're not even demonstrating, you know, really strong male leadership in themselves, but then they're probably going to, uh, you know, not really push you in the way that you need to be pushed in light of what our society thinks about all of this. Uh, and, and there's a good chance that they might not actually be following it themselves. And so they're mm -hmm. not going to really be the best resource for you in terms of helping you learn how to do it from a practical from a practical standpoint. This so. is a pretty, yeah, it's a pretty interesting um, point there, like in terms of the people who apologize for male, female roles on a regular mm -hmm. basis. Like it's, it's been a funny thing to watch because I, I, um, I intuitively, I don't trust pastors when they start apologizing. Oh, for these things. <laughs> yeah. When they like, Oh, you know, like um, I didn't write it you know, and that, like I just, I intuitively have never trust those kind of guys, but then, um, or, you know, try to qualify it to death and just mm. won't just say it. But then, you know, this is frequently something that, you know, people react to me and to us and like to some of the stuff we do along these lines, because like we, you know, you can, you can watch our stuff and you can see that we're not, um, 
we're not like angry, you know, woman haters or whatever else. <laughs> like we're not like a, but I mean, we, we talk frankly about these issues and people, That's good. They, they just think like, man, like if you're not falling all over yourself, like apologizing and qualifying everything to death, it must be, uh, you know, you hate women or whatever else or something like that. And it's just like, man, like you, what you need is you need people who believe these things and they believe them so much that they're willing to say them. Uh, they believe that they're true, like, and they're not going to like, they're not going to apologize for anything God says. They're going to say it and like be, be, you know, st straight about it. And I think that we need, we need a lot more people who are bold oh, um, yeah. with, no. with this topic for sure. And I know it, I know it's kind of a cliche thing to say, but it's true. Like, I mean, just look at the Bible, you know, look at what the Bible says. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of people, like we said earlier, a lot of people kind of they have the whole, you know, if you are leading like Christ, then your wife, she would have no issue following you. But then the the problem with that is obviously the disconnect with what, what actually happened to Jesus in the Bible. So look at the Bible. Um, you know, I think I think you need to I think you need to have checks and balances in place, um, you know, guys that are going to hold you accountable. But then at the same time, you need to be the kind of person who is leading like mm -hmm. how you see, you know, the, the prophets, the apostles, uh, Christ himself, how they were leading. They, they were not always liked people. You know, they, it wasn't some, you know, flowers and rainbows and everyone's yeah. happy all the time. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Paul, Paul laid into the churches, <laughs> yes. you know, and, and, and he, but he, but he loved them probably more than any other person, you know, besides Christ, obviously. And, yeah. and so, you know, you know that he loved them, but then, I mean, he just let them have it, you know? And, and so I think, I think we've kind of lost that sort of perspective of the Bible and we've traded it in for everything's nice and flowery yes, and it's all yes, sunshine yes. and rainbows. Yeah. Cause that's not considered loving whenever you're being right. honest like that. It's not yeah. considered as loving. This right. is Kiana. She's actually in Alabama. I, what <laughs> so this is your neighbor out there in Alabama talking about intersectionality over here. Double your press. You need to get <laughs> baptized. Hey, we, we did an episode on safe spaces pretty recently. And, uh, you need a safe space. You need, <laughs> you need a safe space. Yeah. Um, no, it's funny. I know she's joking, but like, I mean, the safe space stuff is like, it's so, uh, and like you, you don't grow and you're not changed and you don't, you're not challenged if you're constantly having to be protected from disagreement at all points in time. And, you know, we need a lot more people who are willing to, you know, have courage and to have strength and to go into dangerous territory. And, yeah. and it doesn't bode well on us as a society. We all think that we need to be protected from, you know, words and concepts that we disagree with for yeah, sure. We, we need more elephant skin. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Oh, more elephant skin. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So yeah, you know, last words, guys, anything that you, you know, to close us out? Um, you know, I, th I think in closing, uh, just to kind of wrap up the conversation here, I think, I think at the end of the day, people just need to, uh, so sometimes we like to look at the Bible and make things a little more complicated than they really have to be. Uh, and, and really more complicated than what the Bible presents them as. And we do, we do that because we're tempted, you know, we, we want, we're, most of us are people pleasers. Um, and we, we want to be liked by the world because it, it obviously makes living this life easier mm -hmm. in some superficial ways. Um, being liked by this world does. And, um, but, but we know the Bible says, you know, God says, um, you know, for the, for the person who's 
who's seeking the glory of men, you know, they've already received their reward in the praise of men, right? Uh, but not the praise of God. And so when it comes to this conversation about, you know, men, men and women's roles, it's it's simple. The Bible, the Bible spells it out and it's clear. It's not confusing. You know, there's nothing in there. There's nothing in the Bible that you should, should lead us to say, well, hang on, you know, maybe this isn't conclusive, you know, maybe, maybe God just didn't really want us to know. No, he made it, he made it really clear. He made it really clear. And we just need to be okay with that. And we just, you know, like, forget what the world thinks, forget what they say. They're, they're wrong. They don't have the Bible. They don't have, you know, they don't have that sort of knowledge. The spirit has not revealed that to them. They're blind. They're totally blind. Mm -hmm. So ignore, ignore them trust in what the Bible says and, you know, question, question the people who try to make it confusing, question the people who try to bring up every single, you know, qualification for it or every single, you know, um, well, what about this or what, what about that kind of situation? And in all of these very specific sorts of uh, reasons why you might not have men leading the way that they should, mm. And can't just speak generally like you should, that should be red flags. And, and so, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of other things that in the Bible, uh, other topics that are, you know, for, for, for God, they're not complicated, but then for us, they can sometimes be pretty complicated, you know, for whatever reason. But then this is a very simple one. Mm. So let's just treat it as a simple one. Yeah. I I think, um, young man oh. thinks oh. I didn't see this one it says they ask a question about a young man thinks he's a eunuch thinks he's yeah. a eunuch or I feel like <laughs> I feel like that's normally um, something you know <laughs> gift of celibacy yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. what does oh, um, I have no idea what that means neurodivergent get well gift of celibacy um yeah with with a gift of celibacy there's um there's a lot of men who I think I think right now um a lot of a lot of people were frustrated with the ability they have to find spouses and and so a lot of them are tempted towards singleness in that way because it's a lot harder to meet people things are becoming increasingly impersonal in a lot of ways and mm-hmm. and um you know a lot of people are finding having to find like dates and uh, online at this point and so a lot like this is a common question that young people ask particularly when they're frustrated with their inability to find a spouse they -hmm. basically just start asking these questions like am i cursed and like do i have a gift of like singleness or celibacy and then when you have um like when, when a lot of them are um essentially being taught that um, they can get like a certain kind of theology that says that, hey, like if you don't go be a missionary somewhere and like you're wasting your life and that kind of stuff. And so so there's a lot of um, people who are just unable to find a spouse wondering if they're single. And then there's a spiritual pressure that like maybe the godliest person is just going to go do something like radical with their life or something like that. Right. And so the, with those kind of people, they're asking like, do I have the gift of singleness? And most of the time, I mean, like the, the people who have the gift of like celibacy are not the ones who want to be married, but can't mm-hmm. like, they're not the ones who are struggling, you know, week in and week out with unmet sexual desires and don't know what to do with them. And like are trying to, you know, essentially fight them with every thing they have like the kind of person who has that gift of singleness is the kind of person who really does want to devote themselves to god's kingdom and 
like the apostle Paul, it would be a distraction to be married because they want to give everything they have to it. So, I mean, Paul evangelized the known world because he was not tied down by a wife and a family. And he mm. was, but I mean, like think about his life. He was frequently beaten with, you know, rods and thrown into prison and, you know, um, left for dead shipwrecked. Like this isn't the kind of thing you want to take a family on, you know? So the kind of person who wants to devote their entirety of their life to advancing God's kingdom, you know, with no distractions and could do so without like being burdened by overwhelming, like sexual lust and temptation. That's the kind of person that like the gift of celibacy has in mind. Uh, is there another, uh, do you think it's possible? Some men may think they are a eunuch because of the current day of contention between men and women and, also, how would you counsel such a man? Yeah, I, I would counsel like such a man, like to say, like because they, they think that maybe they should have this gift of singleness because men and women are so at odds. I would, I would basically counsel like a kind of person, like if you're free from, like if you, if you, if you're free from sexual desire and free from sexual temptation, like then you might be thinking along the line those lines. But then you need to be gifted to like advance the gospel and. So you need to like you know, these like the kind of people who have this gift are the kind of people who are freed from sexual temptation and, mm -hmm. you know, want to give their life to advancing the gospel. And if that's not you, like if you're struggling week in and week out with your lust, this isn't you. And like the counsel I have for you at that point, and most of the people I've talked to are like 99 percent of the people are not this kind of person. Like the counsel is just, hey, you know be responsible, get married, you know, <laughs> start making responsible choices in your life. Get out of your parents' basement go get a job, you know, quit playing video games all day long, you know, find a, a get a career, you know, get ready, like start making, like buy a house, you know, get ready. And, you know, so like make yourself ready to provide for a family. And you might be surprised at how many women are out there desperate for like that kind of guy, you know? Mm. So like, instead of fussing about like, oh, there's no one out there, make yourself into the kind of guy that you know, women will look to and see. And th th those kind of guys are the guys who have initiative and, you know, take in and know how to be leaders and have a plan and are confident, you know, and um, you can be, you know, a shy person and still be confident, you know, so don't worry about it. But yeah, that would be part of how I would respond. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Kiana, what are you doing? We we need to put you in timeout. <laughs> Swipe left because she doesn't have the gift. she doesn't have the gift of singleness. So someone marry that girl. Does not. <laughs> yeah, someone, she does not. She does not. Someone, 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 marry her. But um, yeah, I, I think uh, wrapping up. Uh, you, you're asking about wrapping up. Yes, um, yeah, go ahead. Um, I think there, there's definitely. Um, you're definitely living in a female like uh, ruled society right now. So we've, we've successfully smashed the patriarchy as a society and we're yes. living in a matriarchy right now. And, but, but it's not, I mean, I, I, I think people can overstate the nature of the problem, like in terms of um, like, it is a problem. I mean, it's obviously a problem. It's the air we breathe. It's, it's all around us and everything else, but there's still, uh, there's still 7,000 people who haven't bowed the knee to bail out mm -hmm. there. You know, there's still godly people out there. And like you, like, so you just look for faithful people and be a faithful person yourself. And it doesn't do any good, like, if you're a man just to, you know, fuss and whine about all the, you know, crazy women out there. They're not all crazy. You know, I mean, there's a lot of crazy women out there and there's a lot of crazy men out there, but they're not all crazy. And so it's like, you just, like, what is, like, if you're fussing about it, that doesn't 
fix anything. That doesn't help anything. You're just a whiny baby, you know, just stop it, you know? So like, like, but seriously, I mean, just be, be a leader, take initiative, be responsible, like love the word of God, like know the word of God. And like the best thing you can do is read the Bible and read the Bible and read the Bible and read the Bible and like read it until you know it. And then you'll know what to look for in, like in a woman and like women will be drawn to you in that way, like the right kind, you know? And so you don't need like, you don't need a bunch. You don't need a bunch of options. You just need one, you know, like in that way. So just like, just be faithful, be responsible and uh, see what God can do and trust him, you know, and, and determine that you're going to serve him. Like, like you, you want to honor him more than you want to breathe. And mm. like, he'll always help you with that. And and there's a lot of people out there like that who like are looking for someone just like that too, you know? So I think um, in the course of your own relationship, if you want to honor God most, you know, even if you're married to a contentious, bitter, contentious woman, you're, you know, if you're a man, you're married to a bitter, contentious woman who fights everything you do, well, just like, you know, don't stop being a leader, just be a leader and just like, just say, Hey, you know, this Stick could, with it. it's not going to get, it's, it's, it's not going to get better unless it gets worse. It may get a lot worse, but just, I'm going to be faithful and you're going to have to divorce me, you know, <laughs> like, like, but I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to roll over in a ball and just like, let you conquer me. Like, you know, you're either going to leave me because you're so fed up with it, but I'm not going to quit, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, I think a lot of times the guys are giving up right around the time where things could get better, you know? Like right when it like they they push a little bit and then like the wife gets mad at them and they roll over and suck their thumb like a baby, you know, and <laughs> quit, you know. But just keep on going, man. Like you don't 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 just give up so quick, you know. And I think a lot of men just need to be have courage, be strong, face everything with a good attitude, and quit giving in to self pity. You know? Yeah, yeah. Oh wow, man. This is nice. I would actually go on and keep going on. This has been good. We should definitely do this again because I like conversations like this. You know, this is yes, I, that's I right. Like, well, thank you for having us yeah. on. Yes, I'm glad that you guys came, guys. If you you know, be sure to subscribe to uh, to Bible Bash. Okay, well, you can get all this wisdom from this gentleman. You know. I'm so glad you guys came. We should definitely do this again. I enjoyed this. There's so many subjects because I actually forget the topic that I wanted before. So, <laughs> but this was good. <laughs> we can do that this one too. That's the point. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I guess like next time we can do that one. You see like how many topics that I have that I would want you guys to weigh in. That would be definitely awesome. Because yeah, there's some other stuff that, that keeps going on right now. But yeah, man, you guys, thank you so much for coming in. I do appreciate you. Be sure to subscribe to their channel and don't forget to like this video, okay? Thank you guys in the chat. I do appreciate you for stopping by. Um, I have a live show on Friday, so I'll see you guys on Friday. All right, thank you. Have a good one, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. Okay. This has been another episode of Bible Bashed. We hope you have been encouraged and blessed through our discussion. We thank you for all your support and ask you to continue to like and subscribe to Bible Bashed and share our podcast with your friends and on social media. Please reach out to us with your questions, pushback, and potential topics for us to discuss in future episodes at BibleBashedPodcast at gmail.com and consider supporting us through Patreon. If you would like to be Bible Bashed personally, then please know that we also offer free biblical counseling which you can take advantage of by emailing us. 
Now, go boldly and obey the truth in the midst of a biblically illiterate world who will be perpetually offended by your every move.